0: Faith and Reason podcasts. New media for the new evangelization from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find more at faithandreason.com. We're all in mission because we all live for something. But you get to choose what you live for. You live for money, power, your life's small. You live for Christ, your life is big. And that's what mission calls you to, a big life. And so that's why I want to talk about mission and to use the classic call to mission. Abraham, is this okay hanging like this? Abraham, the 12th chapter of Genesis. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your kindred, your father's house to the land that I show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you may be be a blessing. I will bless you so you may be a blessing. See, what happens in mission is you meet the real God Abraham was called forth. Whenever you meet God face to face, whenever you, you're gripped by God's truth, his majesty, his glory, it changes you. You become a person in mission. It rearranges your life. Most of the time, we make God our agenda. When you meet God, who he really is, he becomes our agenda. And he calls us to himself. Mission. In Latin, missio, to be sent. And what happens when you're in mission, you, be call, you get called out of what's in it for me mentality to how can I spend my life. And that makes a big life. So mission, whenever you meet God. The Abraham situation, Abraham was, meets God face to face. Immediately, God said what? Go. Go. Leave your culture. Mission is leaving your culture, leaving your family, leaving your homeland, getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of your safety zone, going someplace what you absolutely don't know. It's risking, risking, trusting God. But how about Moses? Do you remember Moses? He was looking at the burning bush, it was burning was supposed to burn and God called him to himself to his holiness and then what did he say to Moses make a 40-day Ignatian retreat <laughs> no he said go God calls us in to send us out God calls us to himself to give ourselves God says come and then says go and you won't go unless you first meet him, unless you meet the real God that will transform your heart and make you hungry to give away your life. Okay, there are other, how about Peter, our first pope? He already knew Jesus. Jesus was a disciple. He was a disciple of Jesus. Luke 5, Jesus comes up. They're in the boat. They've been fishing all night. Jesus says, how'd you do, Peter? There's nothing, we, we, there's nothing biting today. He says, I'll tell you, go a little further, put your nets down on the other side of the boat, just one more time for me. Now that's, that's the good news translation. He says that's stupid, that's not in the, in parentheses, but nonetheless, he does it. A huge catch of fish. The boat begins to sink. What does Peter do? He says, oh, thank you, Jesus. You gave me the best catch of my entire profession. Is that what he does? No, he glimpses the glory of the Lord, his majesty, his power. And he falls to his knees and says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. When you meet God, you meet yourself and all your limitations, and you meet God completely in His glory, and you fall to your knees, absolutely. That's what happens. And so, when he said, "Department for," I don't know, are, are, are there anybody uh, 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 movies like uh, fantastic movies, fant- fantasy movies, or you know the like the. What are they called? I'm thinking in a Russian. They are called like out of space movies. What are those? Sci-fi. sci-fi. <laughs> no, I saw one, and and like you know, Jesus is there. He's, and, he's, and 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 in the sci-fi movie, this guy was he was human being inside. I mean, he was an alien inside with a human being face, and everybody's trying, "Are you alien? No. Are you alien? No." Pretty soon, it goes like this: opens his eye, and the light comes out. Fries the guy. Yeah, I'm an alien. (laughs) Well, Jesus, not quite that same way, (laughs) opens up his glory. It says, look who I am. And Peter can't take it. He falls to his arms. I can't take this glory. You're frying me. And what does Jesus say at that moment? Peter, you are such a sinner. I will never, ever use you. He says, go. Be fishers of men. Isn't that amazing? In his weakness, when he sees God's glory, he sees his weakness, then he's ready. God's going to send him now. It's only when you meet God who God is and you meet yourself who you are that you're ready for mission. But how about Isaiah? The sixth chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah's conversion. Isn't that a lovely conversion, huh? He goes He, this is amazing, he's going to church and he meets God. Wow, isn't that a surprise? He goes to the temple and he finds God in the temple. And he's a churchman, he's a religious person. He has been to Franciscan five years because he didn't really do well the first year. So he's going to the chapel. And every day he goes to Mass, every day he goes to Mass, and then one day God shows himself. And his train fills the temple. His glory fills the temple. Because of that, Isaiah falls on his knees and says, Woe is me, for I am a sinner and amongst a sinful people. See, what is God's glory? Do you know what God's glory is? Of course, the semi- pre seminarians know God's glory. What's God's glory? His weight. His could weight. You, could you say the Hebrew with that? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Failed the retreat. Weight and glory are the same word in Hebrew. When you know God's weight is larger than your sin, what happens? Your sin disappears. When you know God's weight, his glory, is heavier than anything in your life, you have to pay attention to God. He's weightier, weightier than anything. His glory is anything, is weightier than anything. So he sees God's glory in the temple. What happens? Then he he gets his tongue burned because that's his best part of his his, his whole being. He's a prophet. He sends the the coal. His lips are burnt because that's the best thing. That has to be purified. He thinks that's the best thing. That's my pride. I'm a prophet. I speak well. And the angel comes with a coal. And the angel's coming to the coal and he's saying, oh, in the Bible, I remember when coals come, you become a burnt offering. (laughs) And he says, no, I'm going to purify your mouth. Because that's going to be used. You can use it for me now. What happens then? He falls down to his knees. He says, a sinful man. And then what happens? He gets up. And Jesus and God says, I have this ministry of saving a hard necked people that will not listen to you. You will preach and they will not listen. They will not convert. And I says, send me. Because already the results is not important when you're in mission. The fruits are not important when you're in mission. When you meet the real God, what's important, you have to do it because he asks you. Because you've met his glory and he's transformed your heart. And you're no longer saying me, you're saying thee. And you're not saying what's in it for me, it says what's in it for thee. You're not saying why, you're saying how and how fast and where. Because your heart's changed. You're in mission. That's the only way you're going to be in mission. Do you remember uh, Chronicles of Narnia when Lucy talks to the beaver? I love this. It's in Russian, by the way. (laughs) If you come to Russia, I will share it with you. It's my favorite. Lucy is talking to the beaver, and Aslan is moving now. You know, and they go, wow, he's coming. And Lucy says to the beaver, is he safe? And the beaver says, oh, no, he's not safe, but he's good. Is God safe? Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to lose a lot like your life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to lose everything. You're going to lose everything you thought. Was good for God. And God says, I'm going to break that and use it for myself. But He's good. And He makes you good for Him. Oh, yeah. God is a spiritual tornado. Now, what's interesting here, we have the image of ministry, the image of, of mission. Do you, do you remember? God said, Go. And Abraham, Abraham and he said, I'll tell you where to go. And he goes. But what does God say to him especially? I will bless you. For what? So you can have deep spiritual experiences. So you can sit and feel my loving presence. So you can meditate on how much you're loved. No. <laughs> so you can be a blessing. God does not bless you for yourself. He blesses, so he sends you out for a blessing. God does not bless except to make you a blessing. Isn't that lovely? He doesn't bless you just to say, you're just a lovely person. I just wanna, just wanna do this, you're a nice person. No, he doesn't pat us. He takes our soul and our life and go, picks us up. He says, you're a blessing. Now go, be a blessing. He shakes us up, but we become a blessing because we have the power and the glory of God working in us. You see, you can't be a blessing if you have a small life. If you live for yourself, you're not going to be a blessing. You're going to be a bore. That's all you're going to be. And you're going to live your life for yourself. And you're going to live your life for yourself. And you think you're living a great life. And in 10 years, you're going to look and says, I have not done anything with my life. I have not changed anything in my life. My life is absolutely boring. And I'm lonely. And I'm suicidal. And I don't know what to do. Because you can't live with yourself only. We're not made for that we made for others and so mission calls us out of ourselves john 17:18 jesus is praying to the father says as i send as you send me into the world i have sent them into the world father you made me a man of mission i just love this jesus is a man of mission huh he was sent by the father from heaven he lost his glory he lost his heavenly home just like abraham he was sent To a place that he knew. Abraham didn't know. He knew. Where was Jesus sent? To the cross. And he knew he was going there. He was a man in mission. He was giving himself up completely. So what does that do for your heart? If you know your Savior, it melts your heart. Take me. I don't care if hell freezes over. I'm going. Because you are a man of mission that has created me to be a man of mission. Now, the other thing, you know how I know that you're in mission or not? I have one complete, absolute um, um, way of telling. You know what it is? No, you don't, because I haven't said it yet. (laughs) Joy. Joy. I can tell a person in mission if they're joyful. I can tell a person in if they're really moody, resentful, hateful, unforgiving. They're not in mission, their heart's too filled. So nobody has joy like somebody who knows they have something to change the world. Now that's a big story. Nobody has joy like that. You have something to change the world. Nobody has joy until you finally serve something bigger than your own interests, bigger than your own pains, bigger than your own careers, bigger than your own hurts, bigger than your own resentments, bigger than your own desires. When you find that, you're in mission. Now, let me tell you a couple of stories, okay? All right. I want to tell you a story about my spiritual daughter, one of them. I have about 150.
1: <laughs>
0: this, her name is Tamara. Tamara uh, came to us. She was a prostitute in the streets for five years. She lived in the Russian uh, orphanages all her life. Her two parents were killed. They were drug addicts. and uh, They were murdered. She was sent to the orphanage. She, at the age of seven, she was raped for the first time. She was continually raped and abused most of the time in the orphanage most of her life. She doesn't remember how many times. Uh, she finally found kind of, as she said, my love, a man. Who, and she became pregnant. And um, she had said at this moment there was hope that was building. And the man's father tried to rape her. She fought him off, and he beat her up, and she lost her pregnancy. And uh, she ran from her him at that time into the streets of Magadan, and then became a prostitute, started a life of prostitution. She was thrown from a two-story building and broke her back. Uh, by one of her tricks, she spent a year in rehabilitation in in, uh, in a rehabilitation rehabilitation center. Every night, getting up on crutches because she said, I will not be an invalid. She, Tamara has a will of iron every night. So she walked out, out of, after a year, the doctor said she would never walk. She walked out. Tamara walks by our apartment church, walks in the front door. I just celebrated mass. She looks at me, looks around and says, can I live here? Mm-hmm. I said, well, uh, no, <laughs> but you can visit regularly. He says, because this is the first time I feel love. I said, oh, that's great. Well, listen, we have a catechetical program. You can join us. And if you want to become a Catholic, I was very official. Pastors do this. But I saw something, a light in her. So tomorrow's off the streets. She has no idea of God, has no idea of faith, has no idea of anything other than she first feels love. So she's coming to my poor catechetical uh, catechist. The first lesson is she wanted to read everybody's future with the tarot cards. Well, that's lovely, but, but I explained to Tomorrow that we don't really believe in that. So she tore up her tarot cards. The next Sunday, she wanted to read everybody's f- future with the What is it, the month-by-month, the, month by month, the uh, horoscope. horoscope. <clears throat> says, no, we don't really believe that. So little by little, she was converted out of her life. And, and she was so enthusiastic. She was enthusiastic. I want more. I want more. I want more. Well, finally, okay, I want some tears on this. So okay, now I'm going to have, let's see, I'd like you to cry. <laughs> and uh, would anybody like you to cry here? You can cry. Would you cry for me to, after this? Okay, thanks. Guys, anybody's a manly man can cry. Would you cry for me back here at, at the end of this? Would you? I, I appreciate that. Okay. Here's the story. She finally gets baptized, and uh, she is like this far off the ground. I mean, she has filled her life. The glory of the Lord filled her life. She finds she is an amazing loved woman by God. She finds this. She's living with Edward. Edward is an elderly man who. Actually, he's not old, he's my age. (laughs) No, he's a younger, older man, (laughs) 63. I'm actually 67. 63. And he says, baptism, let's celebrate, let's have sex. He says, no. I can't. I'm a Christian. Edwards takes all of her belongings in the apartment and throws it out at the windows into the snow. This is in April in Magadan at 30 below zero, kicks her out of the apartment building into the streets in her baptismal gown and she walks for the first time in her life. The streets that she used to walk as a prostitute, she says, I walked as a daughter of the Lord. Years. Got him? I got him I got gotcha. you as a daughter of the Lord do you know the joy she has to this day she comes to work at 8 o'clock in the morning and I had to ask her for the vow of silence so I could pray she's been with me for 18 years She is the best catechist I know because she catechizes with her life. Tamara. Joy, without joy, you'll never know God. You'll never know your call. You'll never be a missionary. Nobody has joy like Christ. Can you imagine how joyful Jesus was? (laughs) I just, I mean, I'm not into the smiling, happy Jesus. I'm not, I mean, the the pictures. (laughs) That's clown Jesus. You know, I don't, I'm not into that. But I'm into a joyful Jesus. I mean, he parties all the time. I mean, and not a little bit of wine. So I'm into the joy Jesus. Nobody, because he's changing the world and he knows it. But How? By dying. By giving his life. What's in it for me? That wasn't Jesus' question. What's in it for me? That wasn't Jesus' question. That's not your question. It's not, there's nothing in it for you. Other than joy. You can't be a blessing for other people unless you lose things. You want to be a blessing? you got to lose things. Got, uh, Christianity is personal but not public. No, it's personal and public. Christianity, ha- you, you're going to, a private Christian will never be in mission. They'll sit like this. I wish I could take my cat. You've got to be public. There's a proclamation that you have to make. And it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you that people might laugh at you. It might lose your status. Your brother or your sister may say, get off your high horse. You have to open up your wallets, which we'll do at the end of this talk. (laughs) You You have to give your time. Precious as it is. Your weekends. It's going to cut into your lifestyle. Cut into your vacations. It's going to cost you. But what's the reward? You're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Now that kind of blessing. I'm really willing, willing to lay down my life. When people are willing to go to the mat, when people are willing to get into mission, when people are willing to put their lives on the line, they put their time on the line, they put their money on their line, they put their vacations on their line, God says, you are going to be blessed. And the Holy Spirit says, you're daughter of the Lord. You're a son of God. And you go, whoa, yeah. Now I know. My heart's open enough to hear. There's another woman in my parish. Uh, do you know what Yurodovy means? In Russian, it means uh, little crazy saint. And a Yurodovy is somebody that is just a little off. I had a few of those on the last mission trip. <laughs> I said I often said that, the, you know, I've every, every trip is unique, one is unique, everyone is unique, but this last one they didn't know how to plant potatoes, and I'm just telling you, it was really a disappointment. And I'm, I'm just saying this I'm hoping this next group that's coming, maybe they should have potato planting class, because we need potatoes in Russia. It's a second bread. So, I mean, I don't care you evangelize. I want my potatoes. <laughs> 85 sacks of potatoes. I need them for the poor and the grannies. And I'm not going to point to who didn't plant the potatoes well, Joshua.
1: <laughs>
0: no words spoken. No. I have a, a, a woman, she's named Balshoy Luda. She is this big. She's huge, and she's a street person. And I noticed in the street she is a, a dumpster uh, diver. Do you know what those are? You go to the dumpster to eat, yeah. You go, look, find something to eat, and you go to the dumpster to find something to eat. So in then Magadan, you can imagine, that's not much in the dumpsters to eat. But you stand in the I noticed her in the streets. She ends up in my church at the back of the church, sitting in the pew, actually in the apartment, in a chair. And I'm going, wow, what do I do with her? So I come up to her, I said, uh, can I help you? She says, I'm here to pray. She says, hmm, that's nice, church prayer, yeah, that fits. And then she comes in the next day, I'm here to pray. Now, I'm a Christian, and I'm to feed the hungry and clothe the naked, even if they don't want it. So I'm saying to Luda, I've noticed you are looking for food. I, didn't, I wasn't specific. And I said, listen, I have a package of food that I could give to you if you needed it. He says, no, no, give it to the poor. I said, this is going to be a hard case. So I go to her. It's, and actually, it was four months. I tried everything possible to give her something to eat. Finally, I figured out there's an ancient Catholic tradition, as it's on Christmas. I said, Luda, there's an ancient Catholic tradition that comes from the three kings that the person has to take a bag of food from the pastor on Christmas. You can't break this rule. It's as old as the three kings. And so she says, well, of course, she's going to honor this. It's it's an ancient Catholic tradition. So she takes the food, and, and she comes on New Year's. And she has a black eye. Now, she lives in Abjurjitia. Abjurjitia is a place where there's a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts, and and she would be abused regularly there. She comes to me, and she says, now this is what she does. She is lovely, obnoxious Balshai Luda. She'll come to me and goes, Father, I sinned. Really? And that's how she does. I, I love her dearly. And I said, no, okay, well, that's why I'm a priest. I can receive communion. I mean, receive your confession if you want to confess. Father, I sinned. I said, okay, Luda, I understand. What did you do? I gave your food away that you gave me. Well, so I thought, oh, that's a sin. No, Father, I gave my, the food away to the people who beat me up because they are poorer than I am. I said, Luda, that's not a sin. That's called the Beatitudes. <laughs> that happens regularly with her. She is an amazing echo of God's truth and of his blessing. These are the people that surround me. These are the people that I get to share my life with. These are the people that are in mission with me. I was uh, I shared a story tonight. I'll also share that because I, I, I then there's some normal people. Not many of us, but there are some normal people. And the people that work with me that I've, I've, I've ministered to, everybody's broken in some level. Russia is completely broken in some level, everybody comes broken. And it's so lovely because there's no pretense, there's no mask. I don't have to pretend I'm whole. I'm broken. Now use me. And that's what's so beautiful, huh? We kind of pretend we have it all together. You don't have it all together. I mean, you may have it all together, you, I know, but I don't have it all together. But but that's the beautiful part about, the the Lord breaks to remake. That's what he does with our lives. He heals so that we can be a blessing for others. So I have this uh, cook, uh, Natasha, who is, uh, you saw uh, in the film here, oh, it's still going. You saw uh, Slava when he was at the piano. He's a lovely, he's my gem. He's, he, he is a liturgical uh, minister in our parish. He has everybody clapping in a, at inappropriate times. It's kind of like all liturg, liturgical ministry, you know. And so he's at the microphone a lot in the middle of my homily. And uh, he's just, a, he's our love. And I just love him dearly. Slava in Russian means what? Praise. He's our praise leader. And so uh, what happens is uh, her, his mother is alcoholic, and I've used to, in our. You saw the kids we had on the picnic, and then our, on Saturdays is is our children's club, and I we bring kids from all parts of Magadan to feed them mostly because they're hungry to play with them a lot, and then I send them home at three because they're very tight, it's very tiring. <laughs> but he's with us, and his mother is cooking for us. But then she, this is Russian, she drinks. she try this. This is, this is drinking. Slaps you in the face. So she drinks. And I said, uh, Nastya, I'm sorry. You can't work for us. It's it said, you're an alcoholic and you're not dealing with it. Do you know what happened? The people I work with love Slava so much. They came and had a meeting with the pastor and said, Father, you can't do that. So well, you can't do that you know you can't do that we're going to give up five percent of our wages and we're going to get her an apartment because she lives in an alcoholic drug addict up, up, uh, and we're going to give her a normal place to stay where she can live and maybe have hope so what can i do they're sacrificing their salary and they don't get a huge salaries you know so i said okay but If she's gonna do that, we're gonna have to go to AA regularly. We have AA twice in our our parish, and there's two other places. You have to go to AA four times a week. The Sisters of Mercy, the Daughters of Church say, okay, we'll take Slava so she can go to the AA meetings. Then I have a a guy who's a recovered alcoholic seven years. I'll be your sponsor. I'll take her to the AA meetings. I said, okay, take my car. (laughs) Now it's graduated, we have the AA taxi. Going all over town, picking up the alcoholics to go to the A-Medians. When your heart really gives in to generosity, when your heart really thinks of another person, what are the limits? There aren't any. God creates us to be creative. We can do so much, but lives are being stuffed stifled for being too small but God wants you to have a big life God wants you to have a full life God wants to be in joy there's a power about you when you're in mission because God's glory is felt there's a kindness in you when your mission, because you know the kindness of God. You have a sense of the presence of God, the blessings of God, and you want to attempt big things. Actually, when I had the call to go to Russia, I had the call to be the Billy Graham of the Catholic Church in Far East Siberia. It didn't work out quite that way, because I realized you have to learn Russian, and I didn't know Russian. It's kind of hard to preach without knowing the the language. So I would walk the streets with the heart of Jesus. The sacred heart is the gospel, the cross planted in the compassion of Christ. I'm walking through the streets of Russia proclaiming this gospel. And a man comes up to me through a translator and looks at me and says, thank God somebody recognizes this gospel I'm proclaiming. And he says, why do you have a cross with an apple? (laughs) (laughs) At that moment, I realized there was a little bit more evangelization to take place. We have so many gifts there in Magadan, but the the mission is here in your life and every life, huh? Do you want a big life? What are you living for? A big life or a small life? And that's all I'm asking tonight. Think about your life. Do you realize you could change the world? Do you realize you could save souls? Do you realize you can have friends in heaven that says, I am so thankful for this. You, you know what you said to me the other day, just before I died? No, this is, a, this is an interaction. This is not, you, you don't have to answer. This is kind of, I'm just using you as it's like a, it's, okay, fine. Yeah. The thing is, the impact of a life, huh, when we give ourselves away, huh, is eternal, especially if they find this Jesus who we found. Give him away. Now, I'm going to end up with the last story. I told it this today, and actually the seminarians know it by heart. I, actually, they could tell the story, <laughs> but I'm not going to let them because <laughs> I have copyrights. <laughs> so I have a spiritual daughter. named name is Alita. Alita was five years old when she came to the church. In Russia, the children come to the church and bring the adults. It's the other way here, huh? I mean, actually, it's not even here. Nobody's come to church in some places, huh? So she comes at five years old into the church. She's this big. And, and Russia, even five year old kills have high heels and purses. She's a five-year-old high-heeled person coming to the front, sitting in the back row. I don't know who she is. She's coming week after week after week. She's moving forward week after week, week after week up the church. She's very intense. She's watching what's happening at the altar. She's looking at the altar. She's wondering what's happening at the altar. And I'm watching her. She comes up to communion. And I bless her because when somebody is not baptized, we give a spiritual blessing because there's a spiritual communion. It's like people who have been divorced and are living in another marriage. There's a spiritual communion. They can have a spiritual community. It's very powerful. And so, what we have now is her coming up every week, and I'm blessing her. One week, she's standing in front of me, and I blessed her, and she stood there. I said, Alita, leave. There's other people coming. I bless her again. She's standing there. I bless her again. She doesn't move. So, I use my pastoral voice (laughs) Alita Itesuda she moves but I see after mass I'm going to be balled out by a five-year-old so I'm nervous the rest of the mass what's going to happen I know it's this is a big thing a five-year-old is a big thing so I come after mass now she has not been baptized or catechized She has just come to the church on her own. She comes not from a believing family. She has watched the Eucharist over three or four months. And she goes to me, and he puts her hands on her hip, her finger in the air. So five-year-olds do this. Father, why didn't you give me Jesus? I wanted Jesus. Why didn't you give me Jesus? Brothers and sisters, at that moment, I was Zachariah, and the scales came off my eyes. And I saw the world. I saw people, young people, old people, yelling to the church, Why aren't you giving us Jesus? We want Jesus. You're giving us a lot of other things, divisions and problems and scandals, but you're not giving us what we need. Why aren't you giving us Jesus? And I saw the definition of my priesthood. There's nothing a priest can do but give Jesus. That's the only thing we have to do. And it's from Alita. And that moment on, something happened inside of me. And that mission of giving the role Jesus has just burned in my heart. That's what, that's what, it makes no other sense. I can't give anything else that makes sense but Jesus. Alita now is in formation in uh, Sisters of the Eucharist, Servants of the Eucharist, and she's a novice. She's 18 years old. Uh, I watched her grow, and I got bald out a lot. <laughs> uh, she, she's a little like this, but she is a tyrant. <laughs> And I love her dearly, and I am so happy because the last email she said, uh, ask, uh, she also does this texting stuff, you know, you know what that is? It's not testing, it's texting, it's on your phone. Do you know what, okay, I just wondered, I don't know how texty you are here. She said, Father, I have found my life. Huh? Is that an affirmation of vocation? I found my life. These poor sisters she's living with. (laughs) (laughs) What you're living for. What are you living for? Do you want a big life? Love the Lord. Give him everything. Spend your life. You want a small life? Just love yourself. But you will be despairing in a few years. You love the Lord, you're going to be doing the Magadon Shuffle. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Thank you. Faith and Reason podcasts. New media for the new evangelization from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find more at faithandreason.com.